You are listening to a sermon from Emmaus Church LCMS. For more information, please go to www.emmauspasco.org. Abundant grace and mercy and peace are yours this day in Christ who sets us free. Amen. So we are approaching the 4th of July. This I'm a little ahead of things here. I know we have another Sunday before that. But our scripture reading today talks about slavery and and, uh, freedom and so forth. And so I'm going to be thinking about that today in a spiritual way. And like I said, there is a little bulletin there, or a little outline if that's been helped to you. So we pride ourselves in the U.S. of being free, don't we? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And that kind of it characterizes uh, the U.S. And we take great, great pride in that. It's a wonderful heritage that we have. And... Um, it's true nationally, but we apply it to our lives as well, kind of personally. Um, you know, people say, uh, I don't want, any, want nobody tells me what to do, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and personal autonomy is a, is a thing we have. It has kind of exploded in our time so that anything goes. And so that's kind of um, gone amok, so to speak. Um, but that that theme of bondage and freedom and being slaves is so often in our reading from the gospel from the epistle today. I'll just highlight some of the the verses. Let not sin reign in your mortal body or rule over you to make you obey its passions. Sin will have no dominion over you, since you're not under law, but under grace. Verse 16, do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you're the slaves of the one whom you obey? Verse 17, thanks be to God that though you were once slaves of sin, you've become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching. And you've become slaves of righteousness. Verse 19, just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But now you've been set free from sin to become slaves of God. So, Paul permeates this, this whole discussion with, about, being, about slaves, being slaves to something. Now, Christ has set us free, but we are still prone to sin, and that sin gets a hold of us and manifests itself in different ways so that wherever sin is, there is, it has a grab on us. It has a hold. It has a uh, a binding power, you, you might say. Um, and and it's, but it's, so to apply this to ourselves it may seem like a, a stretch to you. You might be kind of offended at what I 
what I say, that the, the sin in our lives, wherever sin is, it, it has a tendency to uh, dominate and imprison and get its claws into us, even though we are God's people. And we're going to talk about that, how we discover it, and what we, what we do about it. But it's humbling to discover that we're slaves, that, that something has a, a, a hold on us. And maybe you're, you're kind of bristling now, even at that notion, as I, as I suggest it. Um, so what am I talking about, and how, how, do we, how do we come to grips with it? Uh, but honest questions can help us discover our predicament. Honest questions can help us discover our predicament. So let's, before we get to the honest questions, let's just think about sin. Jesus said, he who commits sin is a what? Blank of sin. Slave of sin. Get the idea? He who commits sin is a slave of sin. What is sin all about? Sin is, at the heart and core of it, failing to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Isn't that that's pretty fundamental? And Jesus says, you commit sin as a, as a slave of sin. Martin Luther said, all ten commandments can be summarized or a violation, really, of the first commandment. You shall have no other gods. What did he say that means? We should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. All things. So it's these all things that tend to get a hold of us and, and have its influence in our lives. So how do we discern what those things are? Well, we can ask ourselves some questions, and maybe one way is to come through our, our, our emotions. Maybe like anger can give us a clue, kind of point us in the right direction. What is it that really sets you off? anger-wise. Now you might say, I don't get angry. <laughs> and, I, and maybe you don't. Um, much. But there might be something that gets you, what, what is that thing behind that? And why does that have such an influence on you? Or another emotion, uh, fearful, being fearful or or what, what's your worst nightmare that just kind of haunts you? You know, I'm, I'm okay, but back in your mind you think, oh, if that were to happen, boy, I just, I just don't know. And that, you know, it's just there. Or, that, or maybe a chronic worry. What, what, what's, what, what's prompting that? These kind of things can give us, can give us clue. Or what, what, what makes you despondent or depressed or just in a, in a down? What is that thing? See, that thing, these things can be little signals, signposts to something that, that, that has us in its grip. That it, in that place, Jesus is not reigning and ruling. We're not loving God in, in, with our whole heart, soul, mind, strength. That thing has got a hold on us. Uh, when I think of different things that I deal with, one is um, 
uh, approval of people. And that's, and that's a, a snare for me that holds me. And I've made bad decisions based upon you know, approval of others rather than remembering I am approved by God in Christ. I'm secure in him. And so I need not have that as, as a thing ruling in my life. You get the idea? There's, there's, there's things that, that give us clues to, to the degree that we're not loving God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. To that degree, something is enslaving us, holding on to us. We might get a clue through looking at what, what preoccupies us. Where, where does our mind and our thoughts go when we're just, you know, not thinking about anything that it, it tends to go toward that? What's that thing? What do we get our sense of self-worth from? I'm a worthwhile person because of X. Or I, I'm a decent person because of Y. Instead of I'm a child of God. See, these things take the place of our heritage in Christ. What if I, if you had it would make you totally happy? That, oh, if only you could have that thing, then, then you'd be happy. See, we have these, these things out there that are just kind of floating around that, that have a, a grip on us. Well, how do we get at it? Well, let's, let's think about some of the, the verses here before us. The liberating truth is that we are under grace. Look how Paul deals with this in verse 14. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law, but under grace. He says that's where the freedom is found, to really let that reality sink deep in you and permeate your heart and life so that is who you are, your identity. You're not under law, you're under grace. The verses that come, the 11 verses before this, is where Paul talks about our, our baptism. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? We're buried, therefore, with, with Christ in our baptism, or that Christ is raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. It says, therefore, consider yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. So he's, he's talking about grace in, in all the verses coming up to this. And then this section ends with this marvelous thing. That, the wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life. What, what the contrast are wages versus gift. Death versus eternal life. What a treasure in that one verse. So, sin will have no dominion since you are not under law but under grace. And the, the key to building that into our heart and our life is fundamental to our being experienced the freedom that God wants us to experience. Not under law, but under grace. And that really is the whole point of the whole book of Romans that we're going to hear week by week all the way through this, this uh, 
Pentecost Trinity season again and again. So the challenge then is to connect this truth to my slavery or, or your, your, your slavery. If mine is a, a people approval, then I have to apply that, preach to myself, apply the, the, the truth of the message of grace to that thing that enslaves me. So how to, how to do that? What's the path to freedom? First, these are just some R words that I have there. First is recognize. Recognize. And just to acknowledge that, that there's a gap between my loving God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength and this thing that has a hold on me. And just to be honest with that about that. And just to... Um, confess it. You know, that's why we have confession of sins. That's a very general thing that we say in the beginning. But I think what's, what's important is to be honest with God. That's why I like Jeremiah so much. God, you deceived me. I was deceived. You know, he has this. Um, but to be honest with God about things in our life. Lord, why, why does this thing have such a control on my life? Whether it's money or, or my appearance or my what other people think of me, or um, uh, my health, or my family. You know, why, why is that first in my life, rather than you? But to recognize it, be honest with God about it, because it grieves Him. And realize it grieves Him, that we own it. Recognize it. The second is, is repent. Repent. A few weeks ago, I was talking to a friend, a pastor friend on the phone, and he shared a, a, uh, a definition of repenting I'd never heard of and found very intriguing. He said, repenting is uh, changing what you trust in. Changing what we trust in. We usually say it's turning and so forth. That's, that's the literal meaning of the word, but changing what you trust in. See, if I'm, if I'm trusting in the approval of others to be a worthwhile person or um, uh, trusting in my, uh, my appearance or my, um, how well I'm known or you know, a thousand other things, if that's first in my life, repentance is changing what I'm trusting in changing what I'm trusting in. Because whatever it is that we tend to camp on in our hearts and lives enslaves us, and it's, it's really a weak substitute for the real thing. The real thing is only found in Christ. That's where um, that we're, we're made, in Christ we come fully alive to be the man or the woman God wants us to be. It's found in Christ. So that thing is always a weak substitute, and it's, and it's a dangerous thing because it, it tends to become a, a substitute uh, for God. And like I said, it, it, it's a grievous thing to Christ. So recognize it, repent, turn from it, 
change what you're trusting in. And then thirdly, rejoice. Rejoice. Rejoice in, rejoice in Christ. Let him uh, be your treasure. I'm pushing you to, you say, oh, I believe in Jesus. Yeah, that's what I think. Well, does he warm your heart? Does he excite you? Is he the, the treasure of your life? See, it takes time to let that, that settle deep into our heart, that it's not just something we kind of take for granted. To rejoice in one. Paul says, set your mind on the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on it. Contemplate the, the beauty of our Lord, who we're going to see face to face. In the book of Revelation, are these beautiful portrayals of, 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 of Christ and his, his majesty. Rejoice in who you are in Christ. That you've been joined to him in your, in your baptism, in his death burial and resurrection so that his new life is your new life. Take time to savor that. Reflect upon it. Rejoice in it. Rejoice. <clears throat> and then replace. <laughs> that goes with it. To replace that, that thing, whatever it is, the uh, thing that's worrying you or pulling you down, replace it with what with the real deal, with what you have in Christ, who brings life and forgiveness and grace and mercy and the fullness of the Holy Spirit and peace that passes understanding. Replace the thing that's good with something better, with the best which is found in Christ. Then, when Christ rules as number one in our life, we are free. Free. There's a liberating work there. There's a hymn verse. It's the hymn, unfortunately, is not in our hymnal, but I, I like I'm going to say it and then ex explain it to you because hymns usually need explanation. Strangely enough, it goes like this. It's filled with paradoxes. And that's really what we're talking about. We become a slave to Christ and then we're free. Make me a captive, Lord, and then I shall be free. Force me to render up my sword and I shall conqueror be. I sink in life's alarms when by myself I stand. Imprison me within thine arms, and strong shall be my hand. Which is to say this, Lord, I want you to I want you to be first in my life. 
I'm going to be captivated by, by your love and your grace and your mercy and your forgiveness and your plan for my life and your closeness to me and your victory. Make me a captive, Lord. Capture me. And then I am free from all that stuff. Make me a captive, Lord, and I, and I shall be free. Force me to render up my sword, that thing that I was counting on to, to give me my value and worth in life. To render up my sword, and I shall conqueror be. I sink in life's alarms, life's ambiguities, life's disappointments, life's pains, life's uh, brokenness. I sink in life's alarms when by myself I stand. But Lord, when you, when you imprison me, when you take me in your arms, when I, I know that I am loved to the nth degree by the one whose love really matters, imprison me within thy arms, and strong shall be my hand. See, see the, the paradoxes that we're invited to. Make me a captive, Lord. For sin will have no dominion under you, since you are not under law, but under grace. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, it's challenging to be honest about the things in our life that have a hold on us. Hard to recognize them, hard to admit them, hard to apply the grace, your grace to them. But we thank you that you are always in the business of shining a light on our life. That we can be honest and that we might experience your, your life and your love, your closeness in a fresh way. I pray that for all of us as we prepare to go to your table to meet you to receive you in a fresh way. We come as people who always deal with slavery to sin in one way or another. We thank you that you come to us. You shared your grace upon us to set us free in and through our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. This has been a message from Emmaus Church LCMS. We thank you for listening and we invite you to find out more by visiting our website at www.emmauspasco.org. That's www.e m m a u s p a s c o dot org <laughs>